from the real. I am Kia. I'm Marcus. Yay, yay. Yay, yay. All right, so tonight's topic is going to be a very, very good topic. Several people have mentioned that they would like to talk about this topic, and so let us always, as we do, state that we are not professionals. We are not therapists. We are not here to diagnose anyone. We're not qualified to do that. We use this platform to share our experiences and what we've learned from them. And we hope that you would share your experiences so that other people can learn from them. And so what we're doing is we're just mixing in all the ingredients to come up with something very tasty and wonderful, right? So we're not, we're not um, giving people advice. We're not diagnosing people. We're not doing any of those things. We're just sharing. So tonight we're talking about self-sabotaging and those, what those traits look like, okay? We're not diagnosing you as a self-sabotager. We are just going to be identifying what some of those traits look like, okay? I'm full, I was fully diagnosed, right? So I'm gonna be transparent. I'm gonna share some things that I've done that have been self-sabotaging in previous relationships and some of the things that I still do. So I'm going to be that transparent. So it's a myriad of different traits that you can have that qualify as a self-sabotaging trait, okay? I mean, it's a lot of different things. So when I told Marcus what the topic was for tonight, you know, we discussed it back and forth. He was like, in, in, in his research, he's like, I didn't know it was that much about self-sabotaging, right? Because there are things that we are doing on a regular basis that we don't realize is self-sabotaging, okay? There are things that we are exhibiting to other people who may think that they can diagnose us. But at the end of the day, you should go to a licensed therapist and have conversations with the licensed therapist so that you can be diagnosed because you can have traits of something that does not make you that. Uh, one of the things that I just talked about and I posted in one of my groups is a narcissist. People are out here constantly like giving people the narcissist uh, title but I think all of us have narcissistic traits like I think a lot of people have narcissistic traits that doesn't make you a narcissist because you have the traits so having self-sabotaging traits does not make you a self-sabotager so just remember that I don't want people to get up in arms about this and think we're attacking them okay I'm calling myself out and I'm talking about my business so you know you ain't got to deal with yourself if you don't want to. <laughs> All right. So, babe, before I get started, you want to just talk briefly about, because you, you, you kind of seem shocked about some of the things that qualified as self-sabotaging. Self you know, um, yeah, you know, 
we have a lot of things. I'm looking at all the signs and traits of self-sabotage. And even though it's not, you may not be a self-sabotager, you, you tend to have some of the traits. And a lot of times a trait can lead to a sabotage, uh, ineffective relationship. And with with the with the dark platform, it's all about trying to be have an open dialogue, open open platform, you know, to make a better you for a better relationship or happier life. And things I saw like coping mechanisms of and some of the things in your childhood can affect your relationship. And and babe, I was just we, we, when we talked about gay minutes ago, and we was talking about my my biggest self sabotaging trait. Don't tell it yet. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I was looking at it, it. It just I had that moment of like, yo, fuck, I got it. I know when this shit came from, mm. or possibly came from. Mm. You know, so I was like, huh. Well, I'm still the shit, but it's like when I wasn't the shit that I am, can leak, can you know, still blossom like a like a weed in a flower bed. Yeah. And you know, something like a good flower bed, you got you got to pick out the weeds so the flowers can flourish and bloom and blossom. So I'm glad you said like you. It's almost like you've kind of figured out where those traits came from. Or possibly, possibly. or possibly yeah. where they came from. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like, sometimes if you pause, you will discover that where some of those things came from. Like, of course, you should get diagnosed. But I think that you can also, through self-assessment, determine, oh, okay, this may have come from this, or that may have come from that, or whatever. But we're going to go ahead and get into the conversation, because I really got a lot of stuff I want to cover here. So I want to talk about my number one self-sabotaging trait. Okay. It, well, it's still, it's still present for me. It's not as present. My number one self-sabotaging trait. As you researched it, babe, and you read through different ones, just take a guess. No guess is the wrong guess or a trouble guess. Like, which one do you think is the one out of all the different because it's so many out of all the traits of self-sabotaging which one do you think is my number one um you know one of the things i don't know say what it is it's just your past and your in your environment growing up helped lead to some of your self-sabotaging mm -hmm. and i know and i know your history we discuss it a lot Mm -hmm. And and some of that trickles upwards into the I love that cup trickles up to the um surface. So that one that yeah. So one of the things is is is, is that coping mechanism mm -hmm. is you know, is a is a self sabotaging trait. So that I think that's one of them that possibly could be. I'm like say just guessing. And as I look, as I try to look through some of these notes, because you know I don't take good notes, but even some of the things of 
um, hate to say, but sometimes the lack of you know, trust or like think not say trust, but think that some things are sometimes people are doing something, not really doing something. Mm-hmm. Pat, you know, it's like, yo, there's no need for, you know, no, nothing like that, you know. Yeah. Um, But that's just because of past past things. It's just, it is, you know, it is what it is. Like my head's always on the swivel. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got my ass reamed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, good guesses. You didn't guess my number one. My number one is I have ignored my intuition. Now, the reason why that, that that's a self-sabotaging trait, the reason why I say that my number one self-sabotaging trait has been ignoring my intuition is because through ignoring my intuition, it's created negative self-talk to myself. Like, you tripping. Um, that's not what it is. Um, you don't deserve better. So just deal with that because again, you tripping. They're not that bad. Um, they're not that bad. They, they, they just had issues like you, you had issues. You grew up like this. So you need to be understanding of other people, right? Even though it may be toxic, even though it might hurt me, even though it might be me trusting them over myself, that's all self-sabotaging. Because what it, and the reason it's self-sabotaging is because I'm not choosing happiness. I'm not choosing joy. I'm choosing to just deal with things. And so... When I started to trust myself, when I started to believe in what I felt, that was the greatest joy and the greatest gift and reward I could give to myself. Because I wasn't tolerating things that didn't lead to my happiness or my joy or satisfaction because what would happen is, so it would kind of trickle down. So it'd be all these different things. And I kind of wrote down some of the things so I, I said, um, me ignoring my toxic, my um, intuition has led to a very toxic form of self-harm. And quite frankly, it's a defense mechanism. And um, it caused me to ignore red flags. It caused me to care too much about what other people would think about me trusting my thoughts and feelings. Um, It caused me not to be in my authentic self. Um, Okay, I lost Marcus. I'm inviting him back in. Um, It caused me to not communicate effectively, which is big. Sorry, y'all. Okay, I think he's coming back here. Says adding. I think his hotel internet being janky. Okay, while I'm waiting, 
um, for him to come back in, I'm just going to keep talking. It caused me to even play games with people. Like, I didn't see relationships as relationships. I saw it as a way to play games. Like, oh, if you don't call me, I ain't going to call you. Or you ain't text me first, so I ain't text you. And so it wasn't healthy relationships that I was forming with people. It was, um, I'm sending you another invite. So don't request, I'm sending you an invite. <laughs> you on your 5G, okay. So um, it caused just other toxic traits, cheating, having a lack of boundaries, a lack of self-love. So all of that pretty much came from me not following and trusting my intuition. So um, that's pretty much where, why that's my number one, because me not following my intuition led to me having a lot of these different traits that come with that, um, especially ignoring red flags. Um, and then not, not being the authentic version of who I am. So glad to have you back. So it, it really has been a form of, um, What's the, what's the term? Flight. What is it? Flight or something. I don't fight, know. I can't fight or flight. Fight or flight, right? So I was always in that space because I was like, well, should I trust my intuition? No, don't trust your intuition. You're wrong. You ain't bad. You're not that good. How can you say they're bad? How can you say they're this? You're the one that's bad. You're the one that got issues. You're the one that came from this. You're the one that does this. So I was, all of this negative self-talk was leading me to not listening to my inner voice, which was trying to protect me. And it wasn't about everybody. It was, but in those instances, when I didn't trust myself, for instance, I would say to someone else, hey, you know, I kind of feel a little uneasy about such and such. And then they would say, no, nothing's wrong. And then I would go with what the other person said. And then what I said in terms of my intuition would actually be true. So then I would find myself resenting other people who may have said to me, oh, no, Kia. But then it comes out later and I'm like, well, that's your own fault, right? Because you should have followed your own intuition. Not listen to what somebody else said. You know what you felt. So it, it's like this never-ending cycle you know um that i was just kind of perpetuating in my head and in my heart and it was leading to a bunch of problems because one of the things that i labeled myself was i was a potential whore you know what a potential whore is explain that one to me a potential whore i potential in people and I would be like oh but they got potential oh okay so so you know it, there's nothing wrong with get, giving them an opportunity because we all have hard times and we all go through things and none of us know the you know and so everybody that had potential you know they weren't doing anything <laughs> they weren't taking making strides to do anything but I saw potential and so I was like oh okay well that's good I 
was addicted to people who had struggles because I had struggles. So I would be in relationships with people who were struggling. So now we together struggling, right? And so that's why I call myself the potential whore because I got in relationships with people, even friendships with people who I saw potential in, but there was no prize there. Potential was there, but there was no prize in this relationship. And so I was continuously setting myself up in these relationships because I never felt good enough. That's ultimately what it boiled down to. I didn't feel good enough. And so I was like, well, no, you should deal with that. You should, you should take that on. Um, you, you, you should take, take the project on, right? And you'll hear a lot of men say, like, I ain't building, I'm not doing the Build-A-Bear project. And that's what, that's what we're talking about when we say terms like that, because I always saw potential in people. And I always wanted to take the challenge. And I always wanted to believe in people. And I always wanted to support people. And that was due to my lack of belief in myself and the, the lack of worth that I had. Right? And so that was my biggest, that's why that's my biggest self-sabotage. is because I constantly welcomed in potential. So that's why I labeled myself the potential whore. Because I was like, you come, you can come. I wasn't like Oprah, you can get a car, you can get a car, but you can come in, you can come in, you can, you know what I'm saying? I'll give you love, I'll give you love. But none of those people were deserving of that because that's all they were, were, were potential and that's what they stayed being. So my number one was ignoring the intuition. So what are your comments about, about that? You know that I think I we I think I do that a lot as well. Maybe not in relationships. Um, what part of my outlook is always like what's what's the good in this? What's the good in that? And it leads to a a self detriment. Mm -hmm. um, and it's through the the optimistic, the overly optimistically view of life, you know. But we have, with the optimistic view, overly optimistic view of life, there's also a balance, you know. There's no good without evil. And sometimes it's easy to forget the evil or turn your head and let, so you don't see it. Mm -hmm. And what happens, you, got to, you leave your back exposed. Mm -hmm. And when your back is exposed, you know, you get that rear naked chokehold as they do in the MAA. And now you're tapping, you're tapping out. Like, fuck. Yeah. You know, so, and I, and I, can, I can understand where you're coming from with that. And I'm guilty of it, not, not necessarily in a relationship, but just, or in a... In general. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So, I, I get it. Um, and so, I, we're going to talk about... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, and I was just saying that, you know, Knowing that, especially from your aspect and your view, and not you look to you overcome or look at, uh, constantly overcoming that, you know, I would think you're, you should be in a better place and a more self protected place where you're not exposed to the yeah. hurt. Yeah, and so 
what what I'm going through and what I have been going through as I realize this because through therapy is how I like that's how I learned the traits of self-sabotaging. I didn't know that that was self-sabotaging, right? Because it didn't sound like a self-sabotaging trait. But when I went through therapy, that came out like, well, you're self-sabotaging. Well, then what happened was, and I know you may think this now, but I don't think it as strongly. I think I do do it sometimes. Um, I think I do it rarely. I'll say that because I had, I had a point where I was on guard for everybody. Like I didn't trust people. I didn't want to get close to people all because I wasn't following my intuition earlier. So then now or later I was like, okay, nope. Oh, mm -mm, mm -mm. so it was a uh uh for everybody. No new but, friends, well, right? But then I became more open and was like, no, I can't be like that. I just have to, again, as as I said when I went through the list, like I have to pay attention to the red flags. I have to not care about what other people might think about the outcome of my decision. I have to be authentically who I am. I have to not repeat unhealthy um, relationship patterns. Like there were things that I had to specifically, I had a lack of boundaries, you know? And so I started to put those things into place and that actually made me feel safe. That made me feel like I was doing something that was healthy for me versus before when I was not honoring my intuition, that led to me feeling uncomfortable. That led me to feeling like, in fact, and I can give you examples. There are, there are several people who I was like, I could foresee them doing certain things, right? And then they did it. And so I'm like, because I ignored, I ignored the certain red flags and it was like, I dishonored myself. That's what that is. When you don't listen to your intuition, it's like you think that you're not worthy enough to listen to yourself. And when, when my therapist like really broke this down for me, I was just like in awe. So when I, when I go through those periods and those moments when I say that and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to honor myself on this one. People don't typically get what I'm saying when I say that. Because by honoring myself, I'm, sh I'm extending love to myself and I'm showing myself that I have self-worth. I love myself and I care about myself enough to listen to me over listening to someone else or caring about what somebody, someone else feels or thinks. So that is it on ignoring my intuition unless you have any follow-up comments, babe. You know, I don't really have any follow-up comments. Um, I think one of the things I would have a challenge with that for myself is learning how to listen to that intuition, how to trust it, or even into even more depth, how to recognize the intuition. Because we all have it. We all just, it's, it's hard to be in tune with it. Okay, so I'll I'll talk about that just a little bit in terms of how I started to identify. So 
let me ask you a question first. Have you ever walked into a place and you kind of felt uneasy or uncomfortable? Yes. Um, and you felt like, hmm, maybe something's not right about this, right? Um, remember the cigar lounge we went to and I don't, even, I don't remember where it was. We had dropped B off somewhere. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. We walked in and it was just a feeling of uneasiness, right? Couldn't necessarily put our finger on it, but there was some sense of uneasiness. So I said, I don't want to sit inside of here and smoke. I remember. Remember? And so mm -hmm. we sat outside and then I still didn't feel right. I was like, nope, we got to go. But you felt it too, right? Yeah, to me, it felt, it felt as a, uh, a rudeness in that scenario, like a rudeness. Like one, the one person working there was like, cool, but the owner itself was like, yeah, it's like it's dark in here, and ain't because of the light type feeling. Mm -hmm. And but it wasn't for me. It wasn't just that. It was, it was the emotion for me that came up. Now, you're not going to be able to identify that if you're not spending time by yourself, if you're not getting in tune with yourself, if you don't know, like, I know when I feel great, I know when I feel okay, I know when I feel sad, I know when I feel like I need to be around friends, I know when I feel like I need to be around family, because I know myself, I've learned myself. I've come to that understanding about self. So in order for you to be able to identify certain things, you have to know yourself. Okay. So being in tune with yourself continues to raise your intuitive vibe. So the more I understand me, the more I understand the inner me. You know, babe, that might be, even though I don't want to get too far off topic, but I think that's something we, we, we could practice one day, or it's gonna take several days. That I wanna maybe do an exercise one day if I remember bouncing off feelings in certain environments, and, and say, "Hey, mm -hmm. babe, do you feel this way? How do you feel?" And see, see if we cold vibing. You know, maybe we can kind of match our wavelengths a little bit. That could be a good practice, a good exercise. You know. That's something or I can just tell you people. when I identify like a feeling or something. Um, but but my intuition is not gonna be your intuition. Like that's the thing about it. It's my intuition is mine. It's what I feel. That's why if I tell you I feel something, sometimes you don't feel it because it's not yours. You see what I'm saying? I hear you. So it's like it's like an individual thing. You you have your level of intuition that you feel. And I have my level of intuition. The more I am in tune with myself, the more my intuition raises. Okay. The more I'm aware. But we're not going to go all the way there. I was just, I, I just wanted to kind of, when you said you didn't know how to identify it. And, and remember, the only reason I know this is because I did what? Self-sabotage. And, and you know, else? You got I went therapy? therapy. <laughs> So oh, yeah. it's not the like I didn't, just, I didn't just make this up. I didn't create it. It just came through me doing things and identifying, hey, I'm repeating habits. I'm, I'm repeating things and I need to find out the root of this.
right? It was at that time where I wanted to understand myself and, and my actions and why I was in the same situations over and over. Okay. Okay. So let's move on. So I talked about my number one um, self-sabotage trait. Do you want to share yours? Because we spent way too much time on that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll make mine quick because anyway, I make mine quick. Apparently, mine is uh, not I have apparently. A, yes, I have. <laughs> you crossing my boundaries. First step is accountability, <laughs> and I'm here for it. We just gonna be accountable. I just owned my shit, all of it. I took it. I didn't say apparently. I said this is what I did, and this is what I still do sometimes. Okay. Okay. I'm a extreme people pleaser or excessive people pleaser. I ain't no people pleaser whore. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, you know, I am a people pleaser. You know, and a lot of it is to my own detriment. And my, a lot of times, too, it can be to my relationship. Because if you call me or say you need help or you need this or you got this situation, even though I don't really don't want to deal with it, I'm going to take, I'm, a, I'm a, okay, let's talk about it, let's do it, let's, what do you need to do, let's blah, 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 you know, and I can have something going on, I'm I'm readjusting, and what I have going on, it could be very important and vital, but because I'm always concerned about everybody else's happiness, it turns into a, a people-pleasing thing, um, and not setting those boundaries, I tend to ignore what's around me, like my relationship, I have to like I made people please over here where I need to be focusing my relationship here. Not realizing it's 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 stop it's cutting this isolate my relationship in a in a negative way. You know. Or I could people please too much even in my relationships. I'm always trying to see, are you good? You happy? You need this, you need that. And you're not even looking for that. I'm I'm over I'm over pleasing, I'm overcompensating. And the crazy part when I was when I was just thinking about this and discussing this with myself, and myself said to me, you know, Marcus, and I said, yes, this came from, you know, my some of the things that happened in my development, developmental stages in my life and my my early years in life. Before I say this, I had a good childhood. I had a good childhood. They were really nothing super traumatic, but we all have some. Nobody had a perfect childhood. And one of the things I noticed just now was my aha moment was from the age of like 13 to like 15, 16, I was very isolated from other peers. My only social interaction would be at school. So after school or, uh, or in the summertime, I would be by myself. Um, I tried after school at, uh, athletics, you know, back I was kind of that's back in my Columbia stages when I when I wasn't this 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 prime athletic specimen I am, I am now. Um, so me I wasn't a star athlete then, hell, and I didn't really like sports then, so it really wasn't making any good. Um, so I was always isolated. So I was like, okay. So it it it, it, led, it led to my uh, low self esteem, 
not having and not even not even how to interact socially as with friends. People love people like me in school. They were friends. They wanted me to do this, but I didn't know how to do it. You know, so even with interacting with women or girls at, at that age, I was like, mm-hmm. huh. you know, I didn't know how to really talk to girls. You know, then you know, I was a I was a I was a chubby kid. I was a full. I was so. I was a fat ass. I was a full figured child. So it was like that. Was no, nothing led to my self esteem. So I, it would mess with my confidence. And as I grow, as I got older, when I started, when I was coming into myself, it would still affect me. So and to be friends with people, I was still people please, and sometimes sat, adopt their views instead of staying to my views, mm-hmm. and that would lead to the, my people pleasing. And that's why I kind of like, oh, that makes sense. You know, this is why even now sometimes I even my comfort zone sometimes is just to retreat and go and be. Self isolate, and you know when I get upset, what I do, I just, I go my little, my little, mm-hmm. my little box and be like, shit, I'll be all right. Give me a while. Yeah. And that's my comfort zone, you know. And instead of trying to set my boundaries and and, and stick to it, so yeah, and, and it. I think no is an uncomfortable word for you, um, and I mean I've noticed that like. Even saying no to me. No is a very uncomfortable word for you. And a lot of times, because I know that about you, I'll, I'll say, babe, like, really? <laughs> and you're like, well, what you thought I was going to say? Of course I'm going to say yes to you. You know, even though there are times when you firm with me and you like, hey, check this out. <laughs> but there are times where I can tell you're in that space. And that it makes you uncomfortable to have to say no to people. Or you'll say something to me and I'll be like, no, that ain't about to happen. And you're like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) So it's like, it's almost, it's so habitual for you that you don't even think about it because you've done it for so long. It's actually been a concern of mine with B because he was isolated in that same even longer than you were, you know, always kind of been in that isolation space, not really knowing how to make friends, kind of having that socially awkward thing. And if you notice, that's one of his traits already is people pleasing. He wants to make sure everybody's happy. He wants to make sure, you know, you're good. You got what you want. You like, he's going to go over and above to try to please people. And so it definitely is, I think, something that it's not a diagnosis but it's just something to pay attention to it's something to take notice of all right so let me ask you this this is this is just popped in my head with the the habitual not saying no always a yes person on that you know and and one of the things in my previous relationships which i think also led to not working Sometimes, a lot of times, you know, you have to say no to have a to have a stern stance and be, um, being that, hey, he he means no. He has to set that that that, and I won't say a boundary, but that, okay, yeah, he he 
he said no. I, it kind of is a sometimes it can be an attraction to the opposite of the of the female. You know, hey, they like that no. I was always told that no. Sometimes they need to be here no, mm-hmm. just because it. And I don't, you know, and I'm like, I don't don't necessarily always want to say no. And it's like people want like no, they need sometimes. I was told women want need to hear no sometimes. They gotta be. They like to be that. I won't say submissive, but that be not dominated. I won't say dominated, but hear that that extra confidence that they need to hear to be assured that hey, he's leadership. He's, he's protecting me. Say leadership. what? Leadership. Yeah, there you go. Fill in the blanks. Damn it. So, so it's just <laughs> it's just about leadership, right? So if you can't tell other people no, and you can't tell me no, then that lacks leadership, right? And so it's like. You can't be so willing to please other people that you lack leadership in your home or you lack leadership, you know, with even the people around you. It's like, I have to have that boundary in place so that people are aware of the fact that, no, I'm not going to always tell you yes. And I actually think no is a, a great way to find out who is rocking with you for real because if i say no to you and you done talking to me then this relationship was based on my yeses so it's it's a perfect way to eliminate (laughs) as far as i'm concerned so um yes people pleasing is is your number one trait ignoring my intuition was my number one trait And then I want to kind of talk about a couple of other traits real quickly. We won't go into it in depth like we did with the other two because time ain't playing. It's already 740. So one of the other things that I did, which I would probably qualify as my second um, sabotage trait is rejection of praise and compliments. So I, because of the feeling of unworthiness, because of my uncomfortable feeling because of my childhood and how I felt about myself as a child, I would reject praise. I would reject compliments. I would redirect it. So for instance, someone would say, oh, you look nice. Or I like that outfit. I would say something negatively about myself. Therefore, self-sabotaging myself. So if a man said to me, I'm in a relationship or potential relationship, oh, you look nice. No, I don't. Or I would say things like, well, you know, I was an ugly duckling. Right? So then I, people would feel uncomfortable because I would constantly talk about myself. Oh, yeah, I was skinny like olive oil. I was ugly. Oh, I, I don't... Um, oh, they would say something about what I had on and I would be like, oh, I got that from Target. Or I got that from Wall. I would downplay everything about myself literally making people feel so uncomfortable that they would be like, so I ain't going to do this with you because I can't even compliment you. Every time I compliment you, you redirect my compliments and I don't want to keep dealing with that. So, so babe, uh-huh. I do, I do that to you a lot. Yeah, you do. You, I do. You know, I'm, I'm not going to die. You'll compliment me because you know, and I'll be like, eh, okay, just allow. I'll just like, ah, eh, this over. And I not I, I do that. So I I I I'm wholeheartedly with you on that one. Yeah, and it comes from a feeling of unworthiness 
It comes from a lack of praise or compliments um, from a male figure already in my life that I didn't have in my life. My uncle, you know, was the main male figure in my life, him and my grandfather, and he gave me constant praise. But when he died, I realized through therapy that his death felt like abandonment to me. And through that abandonment, it's almost like I didn't remember all the praise. I didn't remember all the compliments. So I'm left with nobody complimenting me or praising me that I cared about and loved. So now when other people said it to me, because you have to remember, I went from being a little kid who was teased for being ugly to an, a, a young adult and people are like, oh, you're beautiful. You're this, you're that. I'm like, no, I'm not. That's bullshit. Like, and so I constantly was self-sabotaging potential relationships, people who actually did maybe like me. But because I spoke so negatively about myself, they're like, if you're speaking bad about yourself, yeah, I'm good. But me not realizing I was doing that. Another thing is um, perfectionism. And when people say um, it's not as, as, um, it's not as prevalent, I guess, in relationships, but it can be. I think when, when people say like, I can't do, I can't start a relationship. Like I know some guys who have said, I can't start a relationship to everything's perfect. Like what the hell is perfect? There's no such thing. Everybody on earth know there's no such thing as perfect. So that's an excuse, right? You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. That's an excuse. So it's like, I'll start, I'll start, I'll get in a relationship when it's perfect. Meanwhile, perfect ain't showing up for you. Meanwhile, you're not in a relationship. Meanwhile, you're getting older. <laughs> you know, so it's like, there is no perfect situation. I'm trying to wait till my money is perfect. My house is perfect. My car is perfect. Like there is no perfect. So perfectionism to me is a cop out. But in, unless you are willing to kind of submerge into the truth of that and identify that these are some traits that you have, it's going to be hard to overcome those things. Right. And um, in, in, in a relationship, that is, that's considered high. When you're doing that, that's considered too high of expectations, unrealistic yeah. expectations. And, and we do that, you know, um, this is supposed to be this way. This this should be this way. This should all work out perfect. All everything should always fall in place like this. If I do this, I do this, do that, do that. Everything's perfect. Nothing, you know. Or you got like you said, th this money got to be right. This house got to be right. This is mm -hmm. gonna be right. This has got to be right. This and sometimes it's always a sabotage. Like, no, you're not. I'm, you're not gonna be a millionaire. Yeah. You're not going to. You're not going to always have to, the food is always not going to be perfect. Hell, you're going to make some nasty shit I ain't going to want to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't expect that, oh, every time you cook, that shit should be perfect. No, it may be salty, but we are, we expect everything to be perfect. And we do that on purpose. And guess what happens? We start speaking, looking to the negative every time. <laughs> she can't cook this. She can't do this right. She always yeah. fuck up the chicken. You know, Every time she put popcorn in the microwave, it's burnt. You know, no, we always put look at the negative instead of saying, "Hey, man, she, yeah, she might have messed up this time, but other day she made some bomb ass uh, lasagna. And this is this net, or she every time she come home, she's trying to make sure I'm fed. 
or she's like, mm-hmm. or he's coming home. When he come home, he's like, okay, first thing he gonna do is make sure my gas tank is full. He's gonna do this, this, and that instead of like, oh, he's got to put gas in my car. Now I gotta stop at the gas station. But what about a thousand other times where I get in the car and shit, I ain't gotta worry about the needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're up. right. You're right. Perfectionism can't, and and I know that it can. I, I I was saying that I don't think it's that big of a thing for me. That's okay. really what I was meaning. Okay, I'm um, sorry. I I could relate to those other things because, again, ignoring intuition that used to be my number one self sabotaging trait, and then it was um, rejecting praise and compliments, and then the last one is not asking for help. Mm. And um, so, and that's still sometimes an issue for me too. Like I'm still working through all of these things. It is, will I say that I have worked through them considerably? Yes, but I still have work to do. I still am a work in progress and I am trying to attain a level of being completely a hundred percent the authentic version of myself and through that i'm still gonna make mistakes i'm still gonna do certain things depending on the space that i'm in that lead me back to that safety blanket right mm-hmm. and so it's a constant work it's a constant work and so me not asking for help that's another thing that came from my childhood most of all of these came from my childhood so through not asking for help that came from being raised by a single mother who was like, don't tell nobody our business. We ain't asking for no help. I got this. I can take care of this. Even though I'm watching and I'm like, but you ain't really got this. Uh, We need help. Uh, Can I call my granny and tell her that uh, we need help? Flag on the play. And it was always, no, keep your mouth shut. So I became an adult that kept my mouth shut. So when I needed help, I didn't ask for help when people would offer help. No, I don't need your help. I'm good. And then it also came along with, you know, my mom instilled in me, if somebody does something for you, they're going to want something in return. So don't accept anything from people. So it caused me not to ask for help. It caused me not to receive help. It caused me to have this independent, I got to do everything by myself attitude, which became very detrimental to me. Excuse me. So I had quite a few self sabotaging traits that still trickle in here and there. So I'm going to address some comments because we got 10 minutes left and then we can close this out. And if anybody has any additional comments before we close it out, now is the perfect time. So let me go back up and look at some of the comments here. And all the comments ain't showing. All right. Dana said, oh my God, that's me. I have to embrace receiving compliments. Yes, friend. Embrace receiving compliments. Man, that one was really hard for me, actually. Like, I had a hard time accepting compliments. And then Tam said, good point, Kia. Often women will not accept a compliment. I've had to stop some of my sisters from saying that. But that but statement, positive self-talk is everything. And it is. It really is. I do it every day now. See, and that, and, I've learned and as, from those things. <laughs> yeah. And as a guy, you know, when we ex- compliment somebody, it was like, there's times, there's a lot of times we'll compliment a woman, a lady, and we don't want anything in return. We're not 
seeking the the attention from them or not trying to like say holler at them we just say hey like you hell you smell like you smell nice that's or that's yeah you know that 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 looks good on you and we can just keep it keep it going you know that's you know that's lovely we keep it we don't always want we're not always trying to pursue them and you know we just sometimes like hey that's that looks that looks that looks good on you yeah you know what and comments do you see on your end, babe? Because I don't, I don't. Oh, I see I another one. Tam said, "That's good, Marcus. Self awareness is a good thing." Well, we we working on that self awareness is 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 a great thing, but like I said, it's, like you said, it's continuous work. It's, and that's another thing mm-hmm. of, of fixing. I, I, as I was researching this uh, thing of fixing self sabotaging is is checking in with yourself. Yep. Self checking is like okay. Am I doing better at this? Am I? Is it? Am I? Do I? Am I find myself doing this again? Oh, mm-hmm. there go that trigger. I, I'm I'm retreating back again. Stop. Pause. Slow down. Reevaluate. Let's do this the right way because you we already know with that self awareness, it didn't work the first, it didn't work the last time. The time before that. Yeah, it's the reason why I talk about journaling so much because. The reason why I am so in tune with myself is because I'm constantly checking in. I'm constantly writing out, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is, you know, the thoughts that are going through my head. Like, even when it comes to, like, going to certain places and being around certain people, I journal how people make me feel. And and I have to make an assessment about that. Like, okay, that person, I felt uneasy or I felt I didn't feel like feel like that was a genuine interaction or I felt like that was a wonderful, amazing interaction. I felt like I was around light. I felt like I was around a supportive brother or a supportive sister. I felt like being out at the park, laying in the sun, like that gave me peace and joy. So by when you talk about the self-check-ins, that's a great way to start. If you are struggling with trying to identify, trying to understand, trying to determine where you are. Journaling is a great way to be able to tap in to what's going on with you, which will create more self-awareness, which will also create you becoming more of the authentic version that you are. And as you become the more authentic version of yourself, then you'll identify things a lot more quickly and to your benefit rather than your detriment. So and I'm gonna piggyback off that real quick on that, babe. Okay. Um with the self checking and how you do it and what you're doing to move forward, to progress, to evolve. One thing in this as I'll start looking things up, I'm your partner. But more so, I'm also your helpmate. And what you do, and what you do a lot, is that you address those things, those those negative actions, to me. Bless you. Thank you. And and that makes me more aware of that. Okay, she, you, I'm just happy. You're just she just having that moment. She's working through it, and it makes me realize I put in perspective this snippet of a self sabotage is nowhere in the magnitude of this big relationship we're in because you're working on that 
keeping it as just a snippet instead of making it grow, grow, grow till it overcomes the relationship. So that yeah. self checking keeps that in check. And that's what and I do appreciate that because and I and I hear you. And I hear what you're saying. And I hear you like, okay, this this is just one of the things she's 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 che- she checking herself. She knows she did it, she's progressing. Mm-hmm. Don't we know we don't need to stay on this. We don't need to we don't need yeah. to focus on that. Thank you for saying that because I try to I really do try to check myself in the moment. Like or at least quick very quickly after. So I appreciate you, you know, noticing that and and bringing that up because I I think that's really what helps our relationship too. That's that is why we have a healthy relationship. It's because the communication is there. I hold myself accountable for all the shit I do. <laughs> and, and and that helps you even, like, to be accountable. So when I come to you and say that I have an issue, you don't have a problem with being accountable because I'm always being accountable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, my bad, babe. Um, I realized, like, I was in a moment that was unfair to you, that was negative. You didn't deserve that. Whatever it may be, it's like by having those conversations, that helps us to maintain a healthy, loving, positive relationship, which is what the goal is for Data Firm The Real. As we close out, we are not perfect. We are not therapists. We are not giving you advice. We're sharing our version, our story, starting in with that, because this one was kind of a deep conversation. Where I shared a lot. I was very transparent about my stuff. And so I kept the focus on me about what I do so that nobody would feel like we attacking them. I don't All right. That. All right, babe. Before, you, before we talk, Tam just wrote something. It was kind of long. So I'm going to let you read it because I may screw up some words. <laughs> <laughs> it says uh, self check. Um, Self-check has served me well in life when I decided to go sit down at times and value being still, things become more apparent. Stillness and quiet is something I suggest to get in tune with my life. And then she said, thank you. This was good as usual. Thanks, Tam. We appreciate your support as always. What can we say? Tam's one of our biggest supporters. We love her. Um, and as we close out, we want to thank everyone that's been on the live. Uh, we want to thank you all for your support. We want to thank you all for just constantly showing up. Remember to share this with anybody that you think would find value in this. And remember to support each other. In this group, there is a group of amazing, talented people. We are doing Sunday shout outs now. Please don't just pass and scroll by those. Actually read those, click on the names, um, try to connect with those people. Um, aside from us trying to build a healthy, positive, um, healthy healing uh, platform, we also want to collaborate and connect with people. So if you find that there's someone in the group that you can work with or connect with, please do that. Please do that. We're in this thing together. So, with all that said, I hope that this was good for somebody. I hope, well, all of y'all, really, but <laughs> but um, we appreciate everybody's attention and participation. 
Any closing words, babe? Um, yeah, real quick. What this platform is doing is also it's gonna help actually would help us with self-sabotaging. And the key is being hanging around positive people. If you stay away from the, neg the negative folks and go to the positive folks, it leads to a better existence. And that's what we're trying to do. And, our, and that's what we all we're going to do. Uh, we love everybody in the group. We appreciate everybody in the group. Next week is going to be more fun talking. Hey, like I said, the Sunday shout out. Tam, congratulations. I didn't say that to you. Oh, I, I put congratulations in the comments, but congratulations. Um, and if you and if anybody else needs to know, uh, want to do a shout out for somebody, send us a message, and we'll see what we can do. Let's you know. Or shout yourself out. If you exactly. Shout yourself out. Yeah. Self high five. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Send um, us the information, and we'll when we'll shout you out. Don't be shy about it. Like that's the purpose is for us to do this together. <laughs> All right, and let's have a good night. And I'll see. We'll see you next week. We'll see you in the. We'll see you in the uh, forum. Let's do it. All right. Peace. Good night. Love y'all.